Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Caleb Giddings from Gun Nuts Media, and you're listening to Firearms Industry News. On today's podcast, I'm interviewing my friend Eric Stern, who is a product manager at Beretta. I'll have you give them all your full title here in a minute, Eric. He's also Beretta's pet ginger Viking. So if you're watching the video of this and not listening to us on podcast format on iTunes or Spotify or Google Play or Alexa, and I think that's all the podcast formats out there. If you're watching us, yeah, as of yet, if you're watching us, you can actually see Eric's glorious ginger beard. (laughs) So Eric, what is your official title with Beretta USA? Caleb, my official title is product manager, uh, tactical and pro shop. Um, To break that down, since that's somewhat nebulous, um, essentially, if it's a semi-automatic firearm within a Beretta uh, product portfolio, I manage that. Um, Pro Shop refers to anything that goes on or in the gun, although I have direct input on other categories such as holsters and uh, competition rig uh, rigs, for instance. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, we actually are just launching uh, on our website in the last couple of weeks a bunch of new competition gear for shotgun and IPSC and USPSA and IDPA. It's all kind of cool. That is very cool. And I have to say, for the people listening out there, the Beretta USA web store actually has a lot of really good accessories for whatever your whatever Beretta pistol you have. Like if you have an APX or a 92, uh, 90 series, uh, any of those, you're going to be able to actually find some good stuff on there. Um, for example, I bought a bunch of adjustable rear sights for 90 series guns, and they also have the MGW Universal Sight Pusher, which yeah, is super, right here. Yeah, super <laughs> useful. I have one under my desk because I used it to put all my new sights on. But anyway, uh, the reason I've got Eric on today, the reason I have you on today is we want to talk about Beretta's. Beretta has, you guys have dropped some very interesting new products, and you guys are really, you're really working to... Uh, for lack of a better word, give consumers what they've been asking for for a long time. And we'll start with the 92X guns, um, which educate me on this. So you have the 92X Turbo Performance or whatever it's called, which is made out of meteorite iron forged by a demon and given to J.J. Rakaza. And then you have the rest of the 92X line. So explain kind of what's going on with that. So the I actually have samples here. Um, I don't want to... I don't want to jeopardize your YouTube, but if you want, I can show them. Yeah, bring them out. Okay, so like goodies. I know show and tell is one of my favorite things to do. So we're going to show safe and clear here. Uh, We've got. I don't. Unfortunately, since we're all working from home during the uh, pandemic, I do not have my chamber flags. They're all sitting on my desk. Somehow, Um, I think we'll survive. So for your viewers, um, I'm just going to hold it right up to the camera. All your safety Nazis can see we got empty. Super safe. Yep. Um, so this is the 92X Performance. Um, this is an all-steel, hammer-fired TDA uh, gun designed for competition, primarily for IPSC is the main focus with this pistol. Adjust that. There we go. So, and for people who don't know, TDA means traditional double action? Yes. Sorry, I get it. Oh, that's as you know. totally fine. We have, you know, I, I try to eliminate as much cabbage head as we can on this. Uh, and if... So, and if people don't understand that, another word for TDA, traditional double action, would be DASA, or double action, single action. So, that should clear all of that up. (laughs) So, I'm going to stick with TDA for now, because that's what I always use. Right. Um, But this is a gun designed primarily for IPSC. Um, It it also uh, works very well for USPSA. It is on the production approved list. Um, 
but it's very heavy. It's all steel. It has a Vertec frame, so I'll get into that a little later, but it's for, it's good for smaller hands, uh, generally speaking. The backstrap emulates a straight backstrap 1911, and the uh, frame width, which how can I do this without muzzling myself? Yeah, that's good. Go. Yeah, frame width is much, much... Um, Let's say more svelte than a traditional M9, which you're quite fair, you're quite familiar with. I um, am. So, uh, the other big change, besides it being all steel and the frame profile, is that this model it features a frame-mounted safety. Ooh. Now, this is a cocked and locked uh, dis uh, design, not a decocker, but it allows for the firearm to be um, holstered. You know, hammer back and safety engaged. So the thumb safety that you guys have it doesn't activate the decocker. So to decock, you've got to do the pinch and release. Oh yeah. Well, I always put my finger in front of the firing pin because I'm Best way extra, to do it. I'm extra worried about NDs, but you know, that kind of, that kind of jumping around to get that hammer down. <laughs> now, were there any changes to, so from a, you know, 90 series that everybody's familiar with to the 92X performance, uh, I understand there were some changes to the trigger geometry as well, like the way yep. everything kind of comes together on the inside. Can you talk about that in a way that non-engineers will understand? Sure, sure. I can actually demonstrate too. Uh, I'm going to hold it up to the camera, so it's going to be a little funky, but I can sure. demonstrate that. So the performance, like I said, this is our Halo model. It features a very high-end trigger uh, fire control system uh, designed for faster splits and uh, you know more accurate shooting. Um, all that boils down to you got an approximate three and a half pound single action and anywhere between six and a half and seven pounds on double out of the box with a brand new gun that is also reliable with pretty much every commercial ammunition load you could think of and most military ones. Of course, you know, you always have those outliers like the Israeli subgun ammo and whatnot, but that's a whole other world. Can you even still get that? Like, I haven't seen Israeli burp gun ammo uh, on the surplus market in ages, but... You know, now you think, now you mentioned it, I don't think so. I, yeah, I mean, and also, uh, I would like to put this out there as a tangent before we go back to talking about the trigger. People, 9 mil is really cheap. It's still cheap, all right? Even <laughs> in the midst of the pandemic. Why are you buying weird off-brand ammo when you can go buy federal american eagle for like 13 bucks a box yeah i just got a case of syntec i'm super stoked about that i really love that stuff oh dude i i really love i have a boxes of 150 grain syntec all over the place and i love that's what i got that's what i got it's the best it shoots so i was shooting uh an m9 surprisingly with it and it i swear it's like shooting a 22 the gun just goes so imagine that in this puppy. Yeah, uh, got to get me one of those. So anyway, 40, talk about 47 the ounces, Caleb. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, so the trigger. Tell me about this trigger. So I'm going to demonstrate. Uh, I'm going to grab uh, a standard 92X, which I'll get into the differences a little later. Okay. But I'm going to demonstrate the biggest thing outside of the trigger weight. Uh, well, actually, it's visual. You can see that trigger shoe is very different from your mm -hmm. M9. Yeah, so for what people, if you're just listening to this, the trigger shoe on the 92X uh, Performance is very straight. It doesn't have the aggressive curve to it that your traditional 90 series triggers have. Even more so, and I'm going to pop the slide off to uh, avoid causing some fainting, uh, fainting goats out there to faint. But um, if you can see in that webcam, it's actually serrated as well. It is, yep. That's cool. So, um, it's, uh, it's kind of a... I would say it just brings a lot of really cool features to the table and just one halo gun of the 92X family. Um, this is a 
really the top dog. But um, let me show the trigger. So um, we are safe and clear again, yep. just to verify. Um, so we're going to dry fire in single action. Is that visible? I can't actually yes, see. Yes, it is. Okay. So dry fire, hammer down, pinning the trigger, ran the slide. Watch that reset. I'm going to move my finger. That is very little reset. It is, yeah. Uh, again, so if you're not, millimeter. if you're listening to this, the reset movement on this is under a millimeter, which is really not a lot. Mm -hmm. And even more than that, that's unadjusted, right? So I, I dialed it all the way out so it'd be visible on camera. There is a, um, oh darn, is this even showing up? There we go. There are two set screw holes drilled into the frame. Um, only one is populated on the standard production model. The uh, later models, the uh, second, trigger screw, uh, second screw will be populated. But hmm. what this allows for you to do is dial in the over-travel oh, and the pre-travel. So um, it reduces it even further, is what I'm saying. That is <laughs> something else. So it's, um, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of fun in one package. Um, JJ's been shooting the hell out of his. Mm -hmm. And doing um, ridiculous reloads with it as well. Yeah, uh, I didn't know you could chew up a, a steel mag well like that with just you know thin steel mags, but it's yeah. pretty awesome. You know, when you when you do six hundred reloads a month, you can probably chew some things up with it. So you've yeah, got the more. <laughs> yeah, you've got the you've got the performance model. Obviously, this is your Halo model. Yeah. Um, so what is so if you move down the line because you had with, so right yeah. after the performance came out, you guys dropped the whole like. 92x series right yeah exactly so i, I remember a... uh because I, I remember when you guys back in the way back in the day did the 90-2 and you know some other uh guns that were like upgrades to the traditional 90 series so what's the 92x series what's it all about so i just grabbed one off the table here um, this is a 92X. This one is a full-size 92X. Uh, happens to be in my favorite mode, uh, the G-Thang. G models, yeah. Oh, yes. Decock so, only, baby. This is what we're, what we are as an organization looking at as what I'd like to say the new standard for 92s. Mm -hmm. Previously, that would be the run-of-the-mill non-railed 92FS um, in Beretta parlance, the F300. So that's essentially the commercial version of the M9. Generally, they have an angled dust cover. Uh, two 15-round mags, pinned front sight like an M9, but two white dots in the rear. Very simple. Um, you know, we've been building that gun essentially in the same configuration for 30 years. Actually, more, really, going back to 80, 80 well, we're, we're talking about it, 90, uh, 92 SB, so 1983. Yeah, approximately so almost 40 years. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've had tweaks and changes through the years, um, differences in finish, but essentially the same basic configuration, two 15-round mags, pin front sight, F model, um, with a heavy double-action trigger and a fairly crisp, actually, single-action trigger. You know, um, I've never, uh, with, with that in mind, one of the things that I've always said to people, uh, teaching classes for the military where, you know, up until recently, our gun was the M9. And I would get, you know, cops who were, act, who were in the reserves and they would come in and like, oh, well, my Glock trigger is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, with an M9, you've got one kind of difficult trigger pull and then 14 really good trigger pulls, all right? With a Glock, you've got 17 shitty trigger pulls. Oof. So, Oof. and I mean, and I would say that to people and they would be like, okay. What? <laughs> yeah. 
No, I, I think, and even, even then, um, you know, for those of us who shoot a lot of TDA, a standard M9 or 92FS trigger pull is... It's not bad. Know, no, it's like 12, 13 pounds, it's, it, depending on how broken in the gun is. It's totally fine. Yeah, but... I, people anyway we could have a whole different yeah, podcast yeah. about dasa and i could get sure. Ernest in here and we could call everybody uh, that can't shoot dasa terrible at shooting but uh well I, i'm not going to say that i think it's it's you know it's anything else it's it's a it's a training thing right mm -hmm. it's all about it's all about how much work you're willing to put into it if you put in the work and it's not even all that much work see that's the misconception if you put in the work and it very little amount relatively speaking you're going to be really good i have I, I have never shot a gun as well as I have shot a properly set up M9, 90 series, whatever, which back to the 92X. Yes, so, sorry. no, you're, you're fine. Rabbit holes, man. We do, <laughs> tangents are kind of our thing around here. <laughs> so we took all that, you know, and said, hey, you know, we've been building a 90 series forever. We've built all these different configurations that everybody loves, Vertex, Elites. Brigadiers, uh, go on beyond there. The old border marshals, GSDs. You know, if we want to talk about Mr. Super Dave, um, it, it's the 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 Wilson combat versions, the um, the Langdon tacticals, and we said, okay, we love all these special versions, and we want to maintain them as Halo models of their field, of course, and continue to work on those partnerships and continue to work on those development paths. But why not bring the new norm of the '92? to just kind of a, a new baseline, right? Mm -hmm. So um, dovetailed front sights to get us into 1995. Um, Thank you, Jesus. A Picatinny rail to get us to 2001. Ooh. <laughs> a, uh, a decocking mechanism that's convertible back and forth to get us into 2011. <laughs> um, and then the convertible, and I, I'll get into this a little later, convertible from different configuration between a large and small uh, grip to get us into 2019 when it's launched. So with that convertible grip, we'll, we'll always talk about that right now. What that is, is the guns all come with a standard Vertec grip, which yes, some people like and some people don't like. Uh, I've actually, I've never had a problem with the full-sized M9 grip, but I also like the Vertec grip. And I do mm -hmm. think the Vertec grip conceals a little bit better. But yeah, uh, with the new 92Gs and also with the M9A3, which I've got one of these in here. That's the somewhere. only one I don't have here. <laughs> That's fine. I've got one. So, But with the new 92Xs uh, and the M9A3s, it also comes with a new grip that as, basically has the hump on it that emulates the shape of the original M9 grip, right? Exactly. So um, they, come, they ship with the Vertec grip installed. Mm -hmm. So Vertec is, again, the narrow... Um, the only one I have with the original Vertex style frame, because I have pretty big mitts, is actually this one, which has a set of uh, set of Aluma grips on it. Those are nice. textured. Yeah, these are actually on our web store, radiosa.com. <laughs> Got to give a little shout out. Absolutely. Um, this one I kind of I kind of pimped out a little bit. Um, this one is still F, although I'm going to be fixing that uh, next week when I get my G kit in. Um, but I put a thread of barrel steel guide rod. Tight. Um, you know the grips. And uh, I, I'm also going to be putting a performance fire control in this puppy. So it's going to be a nice little worked over what I call semi-base level 92X. Nice. But yeah, that's, that's the frame. So you can see, you know, it's checkered on the back. Um, it's thinner. And it's also got some front strap checkering just to give you a better grip. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to hold this side by side with the one that I just had. Um, 
because I generally run these things with the um, wraparound grips that we include sh that ship with the gun. So these are the wraparound grips, they're rigid polymer. Um, your M9A3 has um, squishy rubber, you know, they're, mm -hmm. they're Hogue. And those are great, but personally I find that I, I generally do a crusher grip when I'm running my guns. And a squishy rubber grip just throws me off a little bit. And yeah. it's, it's probably just a personal thing. It, there's nothing wrong with them at all, but I want a little more rigid. And um, so the standard ones are the polymer. We also have a flat panel set, but again, I prefer the wraparounds. Um, so standard is a flat panel polymer, highly textured with the Vertec backstrap. Mm -hmm. And it included in the box is this wraparound rigid polymer. Again, very highly cool. textured. So if that you texture prefer, I'm very, very happy with. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I mean, you you know that one of my biggest complaints about guns is that they're often not textured where I want them to be textured, yep. uh, which is, you know, something I brought up about a gun we're going to talk about here in a minute. But with the, uh, with the grips, I've never had that problem with the 90 series. And it's, you know, because the factory grips are actually decently well textured. And of course, you can get aftermarket grips that are well textured and stuff as well. So it's nice to see that i mean if i had to put like a one-liner to the 92x it's you guys are putting the features on it that people have been asking for you know it's yep it's almost like you listened to your customers and you want to sell guns to them <laughs> you know that's uh that, as much as a lot of folks would say that's not the goal i'd say that it, it probably is the goal if you want to keep uh keep evolving and, mm -hmm. and you know keep the lights on but you know well, and that's kind of the thing. Uh, it's you see a lot of times gun companies, uh, at least in the past. This is I will say this change. This trend appears to be changing. But you it used to be a thing where consumers would be like, "Hey, we want this thing on our guns," and gun companies would be like, "No," <laughs> uh, and then the consumers would be like, "Okay, well, I'll go to the secondary market and they'll put this thing on my gun." And what we've kind of been seeing in the last, I would say, five to 10 years is more brands are realizing that what people like, that like when 400 people say, hey, please give us dovetailed front sights or hey, please give us, you know, rails or whatever, that actually means there's a much larger population of people out there who want it. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to figure you're going to hear from maybe for every one voice you hear, there's a hundred that are looking for it mm -hmm. at a minimum. You know, it's that, it, it's that old, um, what is that? If somebody's mad, they'll tell 10 people. If somebody's happy, they'll tell one. Yeah. So now with the 92X series, you guys are you guys going to be discontinuing the classic, the 92FS? Or is it it's hanging out for, you know, GWAT veterans who want to buy a nostalgia gun? Well, GWAT veterans probably want the M9. True. But, and there yeah. are subtle differences, guys. There, there are. There are. Notably amongst the sights, the backstrap, and the, uh, the dust cover, the dust cover specifically. Um, and we can get into that if, if there's interest at a later date, because I don't have an M9 with me. I got um, one around here somewhere, but I think it's, oh, it's in my safe. But anyway, it's yeah. it's not wearing a standard slide, as I recall. No, it sure isn't. None of my, <laughs> like all of my, my M9, so my 92FS and my M9 both have M9A3 slides, which are the Vertex slides. Same ones we were talking about just now. Yep. And they've got adjustable rear sights on them. Uh, they've got all sorts of goodies from Langdon on the inside of them. They're really wonderful guns, uh, and they're really great to shoot. But they, I also have some other Berettas that are not TDA, which brings us to the 
next gun that we're going to talk about, which is the APX. And the APX is interesting to me because, you know, it's, uh, uh, now the APX, correct me if I say anything dumb here, but the APX was originally going to be Beretta's submission, to, was Beretta's submission to the modular handgun system program. Correct. Right? Correct. Yes. So and, there's a modular frame uh, with the interchangeable chassis. Right. Or, so it's, modular chassis with interchangeable frame. Yeah. So it's one of those, so basically just like, uh, everything else out there, it's one of those guns where you can pop the actual serialized part out, which is the fire control group, and you can put it in a compact frame or a centurion frame or a full-size frame and do all of these uh, fun things with it. Now, the APX was... Uh, it, yeah, exactly. Was that the, the centurion RDO that you have? Oh, yeah. Which I have seen on the internet, and I was like, when did this become a thing? So this launched last July, um, actually the same time as the 92X. It, it got a little overshadowed because everybody was excited about having 21st century features on a 90 series. Um, but uh, yeah, this is uh, the Centurion. It's basically our mid-size striker-fired Red Dot Ready. We also make a non-Red Dot Ready, of course, as you know. Mm -hmm. um, but Which I have. This is, yeah, but I mean, Dot Life is a thing. So. Right. Hey, just send me one of those slides, all right? I, yeah. I just need the slide. With the RMR on it? No, I got I got dots of plenty over here, okay. man. But uh, so okay, so for people who aren't familiar with the APX, there's two things that I want to highlight right off the bat. The first off is that uh, you guys have done something incredibly smart with the APX, and I've talked about this on my blog. And you put it at a price point where you're looking to be uh, it's anywhere from a hundred to a hundred fifty dollars less expensive than brands that are the same quality you would expect from Beretta. Like your comp set is, you know, Glock, Sig, HK, and your product awesome is 100, 150 bucks cheaper, which is ridiculous. And it's put me in this fun situation where if somebody says, I want to buy a Canik, I can tell them you're stupid, buy a Beretta because <laughs> it's the same price. Yeah. And it says Beretta, not made in Turkey with indifferent quality control. So yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to get such gonna, I'm an not email get from into, Panic. I, I, I don't. Well, <laughs> I, I'm sure you are. So we're going to stop going down that that path. Uh, and I'm just going to say we we love you guys. Um, continue invading, and uh, you know we we love having a lot of new stuff on the market. And but, I'll, I'll cover you a little bit there. Kayla. Appreciate it. So, but back to the price point thing, I really do think what you guys have done by setting the price point where it is is a phenomenal idea because people want to spend $400 on a gun instead of $500. And if you could provide an option that is higher quality than sort of the other guns that are swimming in that price point pool, that's mm -hmm. phenomenal. And I love that. So walk me through your APX line. So you've got, uh, I think there's what, four, broadly four different guns in it? Really five, um, if we're just talking, well, yeah, I guess four. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna exclude the different you know differences between the dots and the standard non non sure. dot models. Um, so right here I have an APX target. This is built for uh, competition use. Um, it features a longer slide than a standard full size. Um, it's about half an inch longer. Um, red dot ready, of course. Uh, fiber optic sights with a uh, blacked out rear. It is not uh, directly adjustable. It's it's drift adjustable, but. Uh, with that nice MGW pusher you have, that's nothing. Zip, yep, zip. Exactly. Um, and then minor little features like um, an extended mag release, 
over you know standard APX and extended slide stop. Um, but APX as a whole, the family, you know, we launched it in in the aftermath of the AMHS to the commercial market. Um, and as anybody will tell you, there were, relatively speaking, ten guns built for the same uh, contract mm -hmm. uh, submission, all launching at once. And we we had a hard look at the gun. It's a wonderful gun. It's built very well. And we're, we want to own that market. We want to own the customer there. And the striker-fired poly polymer frame handgun market is a very crowded market. Um, Beretta is a new name to that market. Um, we've had the Nano since 2011, but the Nano is its a concealed carry pistol. You know, we've evolved that as well. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a concealed carry pistol. It's not exactly um, – we've evolved it to the APX carry, you know, um, which is drastically improved. But – it's not exactly something that you would consider for a duty gun. It's a right. great, you know, toss it into the pocket, toss it into the pocket with an appropriate holster um, or, or, you know, whatever method of carry you want to use uh, and go for a walk kind of gun. It's light. It's got a semi double action style trigger and it's very accurate, but it's not a duty gun. Right. It's not something I'm going to put an X300 on and put in a Safari land holster and carry for 16 hours. You know, with enough rigorous tape, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Just saying. Fair enough. So, but back to the main APX lineup. So yeah. you have the, the target, which is your competition gun. Uh, and it's all the target models are cut for the red dot. And then Correct. you've got your full size. And in the full size, there's some sub-skews. Like you've got the one that's red dot ready. You've got the one with the threaded barrel that's red dot ready. But generally speaking, the full size there, 17 rounds, four inch barrels, uh, mm -hmm. fixed sights, right? Yeah. I mean, drift adjustable, but generally yeah, fixed. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, a 17, full size is generally 17 rounds. Now we do have restricted state skews with 10 and 15 rounds. We do offer 40 cal, of course, for those folks that actually want 40 still. Um, but yeah, it's generally a nine millimeter handgun with 17 rounds, full size. Um, I like to say that the full size APX is kind of sitting in between the, um, in between the, like, what is traditionally considered full size and what is traditionally considered mid size. It's like right in that little sweet spot. So interestingly, it's the APX to me sort of hits kind of the same. Um, the same stylistic, uh, I'm, I'm losing the word that I want to use. It hits sort of the same notes that people got with like the M18, which is it's got a four inch barrel, but a full size grip and like the Glock 45, which has yep. the Glock 19 length barrel, but the Glock 17 length grip. You know, it's yep. basically you got a shorter slide and a longer grip uh, to put it in old school terms. It's like a 1911 commander. You know, or a 92 Centurion. Or a 92 Centurion, about. yeah, exactly, to keep it in that product line where you've shortened the slide from what people would consider like a full-size slide, uh, but you've kept that full-size grip. And to me, I have always found those types of guns really well, really nice to shoot. Like I love a 1911 Commander more than I love a full-size 1911. Uh, same with the... I prefer the Glock 45 to the 17. I haven't shot the Sig M18 yet, but I'm sure it's, you know, it's fine. Um, but yeah, um, I, haven't I have shot, shot the 18, but I've I shot, shot a 45. I a lot. Yeah. So, and the APX, the recoil impulse is nice. Everything about it's pretty good. And you guys have a pretty good stock of accessories for it on the web store as well. Absolutely. Um, so the target model, I wasn't getting into a little bit. Ship standard with the green, oh goodness, how's it? Yep, the green striker spring. Green striker spring. The standard APX model ships with the black striker spring, which is 
essentially NATO striker spring. Um, it's it's quite a bit heavier. Um, so the green striker spring is intended more for commercial ammunition, much like the performance. Um, so, you know, in the U.S. market, when you're not running surplus or military ammunition, you don't really need to worry about that. Drop that green striker spring in, and you got a gun that. Well, even out of the box, I'd say the trigger is probably best in class. Um, out of the box, the trigger is, on average, between five and six pounds. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, depending on, it, it, there's a lot of variables that go into it, uh, because there's perception involved with different hand size. If you have a different, um, if you have a different backstrap on it, for instance, then the actual trigger weight may feel lighter or heavier because you have different geometry, different physiology. The engineers get really, really detailed. I'm not going to go that detailed. Nerds. Uh, <laughs> I recommend but, for people out there, put the full size, the, the regular size gun is actually, I found the grip circumference to be a little too small with the full size backstrap. It's perfect. Green striker spring. My gun that's got 2,500 ish rounds on it has shot into about four and a half pounds on the trigger now. Mm -hmm. uh, they do shoot in. They do. Uh, they, they really do shoot in. So and I think it'll probably stay at that four and a half pound mark. You might get a little bit more, but you probably won't get much. It's going to be right around there. I'll probably start breaking guns before I get a better trigger. You're going to have to work really hard on an APX. <laughs> yeah, so I wanted to ask you about that, actually. And I don't know how much of this you can tell me uh, publicly, but like, how did the APX do on the MHS, MHS trials? Is not that my wheelhouse, my friend. It's, is that, that's not close hold information? or uh, I, I'm commercial. Oh, that's right. All right. Well, you know, yeah. tell your tell your mill guy to send me an email so I can find out. Yeah. Um, um, unfortunately, on that, I, I just I'm not directly involved because I'm commercial. Um, we do separate our our commercial and our military divisions out. Uh, I think most companies in the industry in the industry do. Um, so questions like that, I, I really a I I, I would probably consider close hold information, and b I don't have it. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So, so moving down the APX line. So you've got the full size, which is great. And uh, for people listening is also my recommendation. Like if you only are going to buy one gun, one, eight, one gun out of the APX line, I say get the full size because it's, you can conceal it as long as you are smart with your holster selections and JM custom Kydex makes holsters for it. So yeah. do that. So uh, and then, but you do have the more concealed carry oriented options, right? The Centurion yeah. and the Compact. So I, I have both, uh, Centurion and full size. Mm -hmm. um, when I'm carrying a full size, I'm usually carrying in a Filster, a floodlight, because Hell I run yeah. an X300. Put that light and on there. John was friggin' genius doing it so that it was around the light. Um, so I generally run a floodlight with an X300 on the full size and it conceals perfectly. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm a big dude, so it's not that hard to conceal something like that, but you know, it, it, it is also, I mean, I would say it's easier to conceal than a full size 92 by far, by far. Having run both the 92 and the APX full size in a filster, cause I have a 92 G with a rail. Uh, I have that weird, it was a gun that was made for a LE agency. I want to say like the Ohio State Police or something, because it's a nine. Because it says ninety-two A one on the frame, but it's got a G. But it's got like a G model slide oh, oh. with uh, dovetail sights That's and everything. It's M nine A one on the frame, actually. Yeah, ninety-two A one's the Italian. It's That's wider. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all right. But yeah, um, so I've got one of those and I've run that in a floodlight and I've run the APX in the floodlight. And I have to say the APX does conceal easier. I think maybe because it's a little bit lighter, 
but it feels I, yeah. like less of a crew served weapon. You know, I think also if you look at the the way that the backstrap is and the, and the grip shape, um, we 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 have done the vertec, which I haven't done that with a vertec in a floodlight yet, but I, I need to. Um, the grip shape on an APX is just it's far more, I would say, rounded mm-hmm. than a traditional ninety two, which means that you're able to I don't know move your body around more. I guess is how I would put it, um, which is why I, I don't have a problem concealing that now. Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry, Ronald. You're good. Um, anyways, the um, the ones that I tend to carry when I'm talking about like midsize um, is I'll I'll run either um, one of our factory can, uh, inside the waistband holsters or I'll run the Jam Custom Kydex and I'm rocking the um, Centurion Red Dot standard just because like I'm I don't have a standard full size handy but I'm just going to compare the um, flip it around so it compares properly. Mm-hmm. If you just look at that footprint. It's so small. See, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's ridiculous how much smaller it is than, than the uh, full size. Now I do, uh, I, I do have strong opinions. Well, shockingly enough, I have strong opinions about a lot of things, but I do think of the guns in the lineup, like the Centurion makes sense. The full size makes sense. The compact to me doesn't make a lot of sense. And it doesn't make sense because it has the same barrel length as the Centurion, but it gives away two rounds of capacity and it doesn't, actually shrink the grip a lot you know what i mean it's uh it's it's just over half an inch right so like to me that extra half an inch it doesn't affect concealability and i get two more rounds and i get a gun that at least for me was easy enough to shoot to finish uh ninth place at nationals in compact carry pistol division so uh if you guys think that i'm biased about the apx it's because i've done some pretty good shooting with them (laughs) so um the compact was conceived as a more of a deeper concealment without mm-hmm. sacrificing too much in the way of capacity. Um, obviously it's situationally independent generally for real deep concealment. I'll go for one of these puppies or mm-hmm. uh 21 a <coughs> or J frame. <clears throat> Sorry. Well, I get that in I mean, there. everybody, everybody loves the wheelie boys. You know? They do. Um, but you know, I, I like this. So on that topic, um, I consider this and the the predecessor the the, the nano and so that's the APX carrier. This is right? the APX carry. Yes, um, yes, they are related. The chassis are are the same, but the internals are very different. Um, the trigger on this is a good four pounds lighter than a standard nano. That nano had a that trigger was not not my not my favorite trigger uh, yeah, <laughs> to put it diplomatically. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good four pounds lighter than a nano, so it's oh, nice. out of the out of the box. It's about six pounds, so it's still double action style. Um, you know, it's still all right. There we yep, go. Gotcha. You know, long, heavy, well, long, semi light rather pull. Um, I say heavy because I'm so used to saying that about TDA, but it's a long, fairly light pull. It's about six pounds, and it does shoot in. I mean, this one I've got. Mm, this is my this is my uh, my demo gun here. I think I've got thirty eight hundred rounds through. Plus, I don't even know how many cycles because you know I dry fire every day. You got to got to dry fire. Damn, thirty eight hundred rounds on an itty bitty gun. Yep, yep. And it, I mean, I it, it, that nitriding keeps it looking fresh. I clean it, but yeah, it's got some it's got some rounds on it. DC. And well, I mean, I'm I'm generalizing here because when I go to a demo, I I load up a bunch of mags and 
I let sales reps or customers try it. Of course. So, so I'm, I got to generalize when I say round count. You're like looking in the case being like, all right, I brought 18,000 rounds and I've got six left. Not 6,000, six. It was a busy day. Hey, you remember uh, Range Day at SHOT Show two years ago? Two I years do ago. remember Range Day at SHOT Show. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Range Day at SHOT Show, that Range Day was the – so that was the first time I'd shot the new – generation of the 1301 tactical series which we're going to use that to semi-seamlessly pivot to because i had one of the original ones okay like way back in the day and then you guys launched and i am confused about like what like which 1301 is which generation so the one i have right now has got extended controls on it so it's got mm -hmm. the extended bolt release the extended safety uh it's got the rail on top and it's threaded for chokes is that mm -hmm. like gen one and a half or gen two or does your save does your bolt release look like that yes okay that's a gen two this is gen two and it yeah. just so now the current gen twos the ones that are on your website aren't threaded for chokes on the Radio Say website? Uh, I, I swear to you, I looked like yesterday when I was prepping for this, but I could be wrong. I will check after the call. It may be an older image of a Gen 1. Um, they are in the midst of a website upgrade, so images are, are moving around, and website is in the middle of getting upgraded right now. I but yeah, Gen, Gen 2. So the thing about the Gen 2s, though, we have a commercial and a law enforcement skew. Commercial SKUs are threaded for chokes. LE, LE SKUs are not. So if you see LE, yeah, and and there, there's a lot of reasons around that. Mostly down to agencies want to ensure that um, there's no chance for. Well, I got this choke halfway out. There's no chance for a choke backing out halfway, and then an officer doing a slug select and you know basically Bl shooting a choke down, uh, shooting a choke down range, blasting the choke all the way out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so this is here. This is interesting. This is my, this was where my confusion came from. So I'm on the Beretta USA website and I clicked on 1301 tactical. Uh, and so in the description, it says interchangeable choke system allows maximum flexibility based on use and needs. And it's like optimal bore HP improved cylinder is included with this package. Uh, I have modified in mine, but then you scroll down to the models and it says mm -hmm. that the choke is fixed. So uh, there you go. tell your web I'll guys. I'll chalk that up to a, uh, to a changeover my apologies no it's totally it's fine uh but it's one of those things because so there's a huge internet argument around shotguns about whether or not you should have adjustable chokes in a shotgun right like should you just have a fixed cylinder bore and you know you when you have rounds like the federal flight control that are designed to improve patterning out of a cylinder bore you can make that argument but uh, I shoot flight control out of my gun with a modified choke, and it's like shooting uh, it's like shooting a handgun in terms of accuracy out mm -hmm. to about 15, 25 yards. Right. So Sorry, This choke is pretty stuck. Did, where's your choke wrench? Go. Why would I use a choke wrench? Yeah, I don't know. You're the Beretta product guy. So talk yeah, to me dude, about... I do, I, do this, I do this so often. <laughs> I would only do that if it was completely stuck. But, I mean, look at that fouling. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So yeah, talk to me about chokes, the, the 1301 line. So you guys have, you know, you've got a bunch of different SKUs. You had the originals, which were not threaded. And then you made some some iterative changes to get to the Gen 2. So what's on the Gen yeah. 2 that's different? So we'll just start at Gen 2 and work our way back. Perfect. Uh, Gen 2 can feature 
it may or may not feature again if it's commercial versus law enforcement uh and this is tactical right so let's just be clear because yeah tactical comp and comp are all different guns and the same at the same time which i know sounds crazy but we'll get into it um so the tac gen 2 commercial will all feature threaded four choke so the barrels will all be threaded for the optimum bore high performance choke uh, pattern um, and they are all backboard with the optima system so that is a six inch extended forcing cone for reduced recoil better patterning and uh, the ability to accept an optima hp choke personally i am running uh, this uh, three quarter inch extended this is my cylinder choke i had to double check because i couldn't remember his ic or cylinder um, because i like the ability to do slug selects when i'm out uh, taking shotgun courses um, or just out running drills and you could you, do a slug select with a modified choke. You, That's the smallest one. Like, I mean, I wouldn't. Can you? I mean, you can do anything once, Caleb. Or several times. Maybe I'm going to yeet my choke down range and have a cylinder bore gun. <laughs> so, I mean... We'll get into that one because that's all about shotguns. That's a whole other thing. But I like to be able to make sure that I'm going to have the highest level of reliability and make sure I'm not going to do any damage to the gun no matter sure. what kind of slug I run. So I'm running either an IC or C, uh, improved cylinder or cylinder choke, um, in order to allow for ease of slug select. Um, and by the way, just if you guys have a 13-1 or any shotgun, don't just reinsert it the way I did and expect to be good. Um, you're going to want to clean your choke, clean your choke threads, and lubricate. I'm just putting it in so I don't lose the choke while we're talking. Um, so I like having chokes on all shotguns. doesn't matter what it is. Tactical, um, some of my short barrel shotguns I have chokes on for a number of reasons. Um, all of my clays guns, of course, are choked, uh, interchangeably choked. Uh, my hunting guns, etc., And the main reason for that is you have a tool that you can tailor to many uses. This is an 18 and a half inch tactical shotgun. You put an extra full turkey choke in here, you can reach out and take a gobbler out at, well, you know, 35 yards and be relatively comfortable in doing so without, without uh, risk of, you know, an inhumane shot. And that's saying a lot. Um, uh, it makes a very versatile, uh, you know, shotgun out of a, what could be a good in your case your bedside home defense weapon um, so all i'm hearing right now is that i should take my 1301 and go to south dakota where there's no capacity limit when you're pheasant hunting and put like a full choke in there and do bombs over baghdad where i just load it up and just go <gasps> i mean you could i would probably say to pattern it because that full might be a little tight hey let's find out what happens i mean you want to have a little bird left right yeah definitely yeah. pattern it for hey guys pattern your shotguns before you shoot them always and, always and as a matter of fact uh eric Especially when you're dealing with like, so I load my, I mentioned I load my 1301. It's my home defense gun. It's my, if, you know, there, if we need to like abruptly bug out, I have spare rounds literally in loops on my vest, throw my vest on, grab my 1301, we're out the door. Um, oh, I guess you should probably grab the kid and the dog too. Anyway. Uh, and the Vespa. Don't forget your Vespa. Yeah, that's going to – could you imagine riding a Vespa down the street with a 1301 <laughs> plate carrier? Only <laughs> if you're wearing a Hawaiian shirt, flip-flops, oh, and some red hands. What else would I be wearing? This is South Florida. Just saying. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> but one of the things that I did, and I even did a short video about this, was I patterned my, uh, I patterned my shotgun with the load that's in it 
at the distances that I could reasonably expect to take a shot in my house. So I know exactly. And I know if I roll out of my bedroom and I have to shoot someone at the front door of my house, you're looking at a 10 yard shot, give or take. Right. So I know exactly how it patterns. Yeah. I know exactly how it patterns at 10 yards. I know how it patterns at five yards and people have this really incorrect idea about shotguns that you can just sort of like, point them and blam when that's not true at all my shotgun if i just point and blam at five yards it shoots a pattern the size of a quarter you know i'm gonna miss unless i aim so people pattern your shotguns and especially pattern your 1301s because they shoot really tight patterns because of that back boring i mentioned because that back boring science (laughs) yeah exactly so yeah pattern pattern your guns always um there's no there's no legitimate reason not to Patterning, patterning is so easy to do. Um, some ranges, of course, have restrictions on the type of shot you can use. Indoor ranges are particular about that. They want you to shoot slugs generally. But, I mean, if you have access to any sort of area where you can put up a patterning board and target with the loads that you intend to use to defend yourself, your, your, your family, your property, always run and pattern it so you know where you're going. Because accountability... Remember, a, a double-out shell is either going to have eight or nine, eight if we're talking some of the federal loads, nine generally, um, not, essentially nine-millimeter pellets moving at anywhere from 13 to 1,600 feet per second. If you don't know where that load is going, that's like shooting your handgun nine times randomly in the general direction. You need to know where every pellet is, and you are accountable for every pellet. I actually read a quote today that was very accurate. Uh, it said that every shot you fire hits something. So you should probably know what that's going to be. You're accountable, so you need to know what it does. That's that's how I put it, and that's something that uh, instructors in the shotgun realm are going to say. Tom Givens, um, Matt Hot, Rob Hot, uh, uh, Ashton Ray, Tim Chandler, they're all going to say that, and I'm going to echo it. Always, always know where your shot is going. So back to the lineup itself. So you've got, you yep, made some sorry. changes. No, you're good. You're good. I just, I, I know you're busy, so I don't want to keep you longer than we need to. Uh, <laughs> you guys made some changes to the product for the Gen 2. It's upgraded. Uh, it's all got your, uh, you got threaded for yes. chokes on the civilian models, extended bolt release. So the extended bolt release on the Gen 2s is all going to look like that puppy. Mm-hmm. So it's a one piece with the polymer over molds. It's a, it's basically slides on and clips in place. And what that does is um, it corrects an issue that came to our attention when we released the gen one, where um, what was intended to be part of a safe unload feature um, wound up resulting in people potentially double, double feeding a shell in the lifter if they bumped it. So the original one, you had a two-piece design with a polymer external uh, button with a screw in the middle and a standard bolt release that it screwed into. If you bumped it on the rear, you could trip the, let, the shell latch and dump two onto the lifter, which is, I mean, fairly easy, easy to fix. You just run the bolt down and sh- shove it forward back into the tube with your thumb. I can do it pretty quick, but it's an issue that shouldn't have happened. So we sure. redesigned it. We did a, a one-piece design with the plastic cover. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say no to any any Gen 1s at all. In fact, I have two of them. Uh, no, three. Three of them because um, you can never have enough gauge. Um, Fact. So what we did to quickly and easily remedy that problem while we designed the new uh, bolt release, um, and not just us, several in the aftermarket, um, Airtus Industries has a really nice one. 
uh, is do a bolt shroud. And what that meant was you unscrewed the uh, screw that retained the outer button, lifted the button off, put the shroud on, reassembled, and that prevented the, the button from being able to move in that direction. It basically completely blocked it. Um, we do a polymer injection molded one. Adam at Aerodice Industries does a um, very nice aluminum one that is, I mean, it's aluminum. It's, you're going to probably destroy the gun if you destroy that. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and then the original uh, gentleman who developed that feature um, in the completely third party, we did we hadn't talked to him at that time, was uh, Tom Jones uh, of Pistol Form fame. And he uh, he came up with the original concept behind that. Really, um, and and it was um, it was very yeah yeah. I mean, he did the SCD, he did the shroud. He's he does a lot of cool stuff. So, yes, he does. Tom's a good um, dude. He is. He is for sure. So, you know, if you got a Gen One, that's a quick and easy fix. Um, any one of those three options is is available. Um, I think we sell our shroud on the website for um, I think it's about nine bucks, and you know. Right now, if you, I, think, I don't recall, so double check because it does change, but I think it's $50 minimum more to get your free shipping. So get a, get a bunch of mags or chokes for your 1301 and you get free shipping with it. Everybody them. needs more mags. Absolutely true. Um, so those that's two of the biggest changes. And I since I'm running an Airtus Industries optic mount on my gun, this is mm -hmm. called the Crom. I can't show you the third on my gun. I have to get another one that I'm actually working on at the moment. Uh, That's okay, because people have seen my gun, which has the factory optic mount on it. Oh, I got it right here. Ah, there we go. Yeah. So many guns. I, I'm changing out the stock. Um, this one took a tumble, and the stock got pretty pretty beat up and cracked. Um, who'd have thunk it? If it's sitting on the back of a tailgate and then falls off and then gets run over by a quad, the stock might crack. You Craziness. Know. Craziness. Craziness. But I'd say I'd say the gun's in really good shape. Otherwise, so is know. that the marine version? It is indeed. Ah, that's and this such one, a stupid, good-looking gun. It is, and this one is my demo gun, which means that this one's been beat to hell. And I'd say it's holding up really, really nicely. These guys. So, so for people who are who are uh, just listening to this, the thirteen hundred one he's got. It's uh, got the stainless kind of like marine, not like U.S. Marines, but like marine is in boats. Uh, it's got that stainless marine finish, so it's you know more rust resistant, and it's it's a really phenomenally phenomenally good looking gun on a shotgun lineup. That if you ask like people who know their shotguns, you will be hard pressed to find somebody who's got a bad word to say about the thirteen hundred one tactical series. Yeah. All right, so Eric, we have talked about. Well, I just wanted to say. Oh yeah, hit sorry. Me. The last thing, the very last thing on attack, um, that rail on the Gen ones is polymer which means that it works fine with lighter optics, heavier optics is, mm, we saw a few issues. So this is an alloy rail upgrade for the Gen 2s. On the Gen 1s, um, we do offer the polymer, or excuse me, the aluminum upgrade for the standard factory rail on our website. Um, I like the either that if you aren't sure you want to run an optic or um, Chrom if you know you want to run an optic because the Chrom gets the optics so low that it's co-witnessed with the ghost rings. Ooh. So, that's actually really cool if you're running slugs, um, you know, just, just so you can kind of get a second point of visual reference. 
Very interesting. I do need to get some Eridus stuff for my gun because right now my gun is all Beretta parts and they need to put a Crom on it and put some other stuff on it. But so we have now talked about, we've talked about the 92X, we've talked about the APX, we've talked about the 1301. Is there anything that you, like any cool stuff that you've got coming up in the pipeline that you can like tease us about or is it all deep, dark secrets from the Italian wizards? Uh, I can't get into too many details. I will say, you know, don't forget, you know, all of this stuff wouldn't happen without the hard work of um, the employees and the manufacturing facilities and in our warehouse. And excuse me. I'm sorry. Did did you get the Rona? You know, I, I, I don't think so. I'm not running a fever, but I am coughing. So we'll see, Uh, you know, pray for me. Uh, But, it wouldn't happen without the hard work of all the folks in our, our warehouse, our manufacturer, our shipping facilities. Um, they've been bearing with, um, you know, let's say shifted work conditions because they're having to maintain social distancing and, and heighten PPE. Um, so I, I think, um, I think we can't say thank you enough to them as an organization. So I just For want sure. to say that, you know, and, and, and those of you out there who, or in our org that I know do watch Mr. Giddings' uh, podcast. Thank you. That's awesome. All right, guys. So, Eric, where can people go find good information about Berettas? Like, if they want to, like, uh, give me your social links, give me your store links, let sure. people know where to find all the good stuff. So, we have both Beretta Official. So, that's at Beretta Official on uh, Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, Beretta Official on Facebook is the. Um, um, tag for the Italian uh, global one and on Instagram, excuse me, um, for the United States market, it's at Beretta USA, uh, for Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, LinkedIn. And I think Anna's going to smack me cause I'm forgetting one, but, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I think you're good. Yeah. And then BerettaUSA.com for us customers, of course, uh, Beretta.com for international customers. I know your podcast is international. Um, so we, um, we have all the relevant product information. Be aware that we are currently in the midst of a website upgrade. So if you see something that's awry, um, you can reach out to us at any of those social channels. Um, you can make a comment on this video and Caleb will call me. Um, or you I could, uh, <laughs> I know you will. That's why I say that. Um, or you can for sure um, reach out to us through our Beretta uh, customer service line. That's uh, actually a different website, but you can reach it through the main pages. That's um, BerettaSupport.com. Um, and that has a very, very useful FAQ for all the products, uh, historical and otherwise, and a um, and an email link. So you can send an email to our service folks. So those are the main portals. Uh, one other just a uh, thing I wanted to note, if I may, um, currently May 29, 2020, uh, Beretta USA official, the main office is shut down um, for the most part due to state level guidelines. Um, we are essential, but there's some overarching guidelines that are guiding that. Um, so if you have any sort of questions, definitely reach out on any of those channels I mentioned previously um, and we can help you out. But our current main office is closed. Right on, man. Well, hey, I really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you sharing some info about the product lineups for Beretta. Hopefully, we'll uh, see some more cool stuff coming out for you guys here in the next, you know, year, year and a half or so, uh, like <clears throat> suppressor height sites for the APX, for example. And I'll call you as soon as I have them. <laughs> I know, right? All right, guys. I want to thank everybody out there for listening. Again, we're available on Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, 
Alexa, your mom's house. Uh, I don't smoke signals. Yeah. Smoke signals, you know, every digital way that you can get my stupid voice into your ears is out there. But I want to thank everybody for listening and we'll be back next week with another episode of firearms industry news. Thanks, Caleb.